Good morning. Our scripture reading this morning is coming from various sections of the Bible. So you'll do well to get your Bible or your phone because we're going to go through quite a few uh, scripture readings this morning. The first one we're going to read is Luke chapter 4. We're reading from verse 22 up to verse 30. So eight verses. Uh, and it's, it reads, All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? They asked. Jesus said to them, Surely you will call this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, Do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. Truly I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time, when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet. Yet, yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out to the town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through them, through the crowd and went on his way. That's our first scripture this morning. This is interesting because Jesus is starting his ministry and he is in his own synagogue in Nazareth where he was raised and bred. And he read the scripture and he read from Luke, uh, he read from Isaiah, in fact, and he says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He announces his ministry and why he came. And people, according to what we've read, they were really impressed. They were really, really impressed. They said, all, it says here, Luke says, all spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. So they are kind of impressed by this Jesus. This young man has come and announced that he's got a special ministry. Jesus goes on and says that actually in his ministry, one day they will say, physician, heal yourself. If you are a Christian and you're familiar with the Bible, you'll know that people say that to Jesus on the cross. So right at the beginning of his ministry, he says, I came to do this, but I'm going to die. And then he also says that actually, I'm not honored in my hometown as are many prophets. And instead of just talk of Capernaum, or Israel, he goes on to give examples of one prophet, Elijah, who ministered to a widow who was not an Israeli, a widow in Zarephath of Sidon. Then he also goes on to quote in a healing of a man, in a Syrian man called Naaman with leprosy by prophet Elisha. Yet there were many people with leprosy in Israel. It says, Luke says that the people were furious and they admit their thoughts, they took Jesus, dragged him out of the synagogue, right to the cliff edge to throw him off the cliff. 
to murder him. Why? What have you done? What's so offensive about what happened? You only mentioned things that happened in history. These are facts. These things happened. So why are they so furious? They are furious for the same reasons you and I will be furious with God as well. I think they were furious because of their prejudices. They had certain biases against certain people. And it was unacceptable to hear that the ministry of, the, of their Messiah or the ministry of this talented man was to be a ministry that will minister to those people, the Assyrians, to those people of Sidon. This was unacceptable to them. They were no more evil than you and I. We too have our prejudgments. We are discussing and talking about, if you're joining us for the first time within our community, about being a church without walls. One of the walls that exists in culture, one of the walls that exists that affect and impact the church is the wall of prejudice. People always think certain things about certain people, make certain assumptions about others in a way that's unhelpful, that can cause us not to serve God in the way that we're called to serve him. So pause for a second and think. What do you think when you see me? Black, short hair, a bit of a, of, of a beard. Certain thoughts come to your mind. What thoughts would come if I was Asian or white? What thoughts would come to your mind if I did tattoo all over my face? What sort of thoughts would come to your mind if I had a suit and a tie and a jacket? When we see others, we judge them. We have certain biases when we have towards others. Sometimes those biases allow us to connect with, with certain people. But unfortunately, those biases also cause us to push against other people. And if we're not careful, we can be furious with anyone who brings close the Syrians or this, the people from Sidon, because culturally that won't be acceptable to us. Today, the purpose of this talk is to smash that wall of prejudgment. Let's go on. I promised you that we're going to read a few uh, scriptures today, so it's going to be scriptures galore. Uh, get your Bibles and, and move on with me to the next scripture I want us to read today. This is found in Matthew the first book of the New Testament of the Christian Bible. Matthew chapter 16. We are centering on the ministry of Jesus and what Jesus wants from his church. And we can learn a lot from, of what Jesus wants from his church by understanding who Jesus is, was, and wishes to achieve and accomplish for people. Matthew chapter 16, verse 1 to 4. It reads, I'm reading from the N.I., Version, NIV version. It says, The Pharisees and Sadducees came to Jesus and tested him by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. He replied, When evening comes, you say, It will, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, today it will be stormy, for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to inter interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the sign of the times. 
A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a sign, but none, none will be given it except the son, the son of Jonah. Jesus then left them and went away. Uh, it's an interesting passage of scripture. People came to test Jesus and say, show us a sign. Show us a sign and we'll believe who you are. Jesus said to them, well, you can interpret where the signs, you can see what the clouds are like and you say, rain is coming, it's going to be a good day today. But you cannot interpret the signs of times. And he said to them, he gave them the sign. He said, no sign shall be given to this wicked generation except the sign of Jonah. He then departed and left. You might say this is not really relevant to us because we are not a wicked generation. But I want to put it to you today that we are a wicked generation. And for us, we can understand more about Christ if we can understand the sign of Jonah. What is this sign of Jonah? If you're not familiar, there's an Old Testament prophet, a prophet who lived long before Jesus came to the shore, and his name was Jonah. Because he was a prophet, we can already draw some conclusions about him, some biases that we can have about him. One, he was a man who feared God. Otherwise, he would not be a prophet. He was a man who lived to serve the purposes of God. Otherwise, he would not be a prophet. He was a man who sought to see the kingdom of God established. Otherwise, he would not be a prophet. So here's a man, a fine man, who wants God, who fears God. And he is a prophet, Jonah. You can read the book for yourself. It's just four chapters in the Old Testament. It's an interesting read. Jonah heard the word of God very clearly. And it was said to say to him, Jonah, go to Nineveh and preach to the Ninevites about the wickedness. Jonah was a man who understood and knew God. And he thought to himself, where, where God? To the Ninevites. Really? The people of Nineveh were evil people. They were wicked. They were not God-fearing and they'd caused a lot of pain and trouble to the Israelite people. Jonah, being an Israelite himself, felt like these people do not deserve any of God's grace. So yes, I serve to, I live to serve your purposes. Yes, I, my ministry is to preach the word of God to all people. But I will not go to the Ninevites, thought Jonah. In fact, he was supposed to go to Nineveh, but where he went instead was Tarshish. Tarshish was the, was the, was the end of the known world of the time. People would think that if you go to Tarshish and keep going on in the sea, you fall off the cliff of the earth and die. That was the known, the end of the known world. So he went in opposite direction to the furthest point possible. That's where he was heading, to run away from this mission of preaching to the Ninevites. He figured for himself, if I preach to them, they might repent. And yet those people, those people do not deserve any of God's grace. They don't deserve any of it. And even Jonah said to him, I would rather be destroyed than, see, than give those people a chance of, of testing the grace of God. Such was his prejudice and bias against the people of Nineveh that he was willing to sacrifice himself as long as those people don't get God's salvation. 
is quite an extreme thought. In fact, when he was going to Tarshish, there was a storm and people figured that some, something must have angered God. And they were going to destroy themselves. They were going to empty things and ask every man to repent to his God so that the, 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 the trouble on the sea might come, might stop. And they found Jonah lying down in the base of the ship. And Jonah said, well, I know what the trouble is. I'm running away from God's will. Throw me into the sea. In other words, Jonah said to them, kill me, destroy me. I will not turn back and go back to, to, to Nineveh. I would rather die than see the Ninevites preached Christ or preached the, the good news of, of God. He was thrown into the down the, the bottom of the of the of the of the ocean and was followed by a fish. He ended up in Nineveh. And he preached only one sentence. If you read the book of Jonah, there was only one sentence, repent or be destroyed, and he walked away. Yet the Ninevites all repented in sackcloth. They gave their lives to, to God. And Jonah was angry with God and said, this is why I didn't want to come. I knew that you are a gracious God and I knew that you will forgive those people. But those people do not deserve any of this grace. Pause a minute. You are probably listening to this because you are searching for God or you want to be God's servant or you are part of the Hub Church and you want to be a people who do God's will. And if that is you, there could be a trap for you called prejudice. That was the trap that was a trap for Jonah. He would not go and preach to those people. Are they people whom you are not willing to associate with? People who you think should be excluded. In our faith, there could be people we call sinners. People who don't live right. Well, I can think of me. How about people who commit adultery? How about people who steal from others? How about people who are immoral in some way? Or who do practice that we do not consider Christian, for example? People, how about people's sexuality? How about people's gender and dress? Does that come into your prejudgments about people? That means that you cannot associate with those people. Whom you think actually the grace of God cannot extend to those drug dealers in your street. Are they people whom you think actually if they lived in my street, I will move and go somewhere else? Could it be that you too are a bit like a Jonah who will not accept certain people because of your prejudgments? The challenge today is for you to understand that God loves everyone. And everyone is welcome, even the Ninevites. If you can put it in our context today, I think that the Ninevites to Jonah will maybe like what the Nazis will be to the Jews. An unacceptable level of evil had been done by the Ninevites. And Jonah knew it. And how can they too deserve grace? How can it be that people who have committed certain terrible crimes such as maybe pedophiles. Maybe people who've done things that we don't really, people who've murdered others. But not just those. 
Sometimes our prejudgments are even just on class or just race or just gender or just something of no value like that, education, status. How can we allow these prejudgments to stand in the way? If God would not allow Jonah to have prejudgments about the Ninevites, he certainly will not allow us to have prejudgments about the homeless or the poor or the gay or anybody else who is different from us in some way. Jesus says to this wicked generation, if we are the wicked generation, then we are actually the Ninevites. We are actually the people who are undeserving. No sense shall be given, said the son of Jonah. Jonah was an unwilling prophet who went to, to preach a word forced by God. Jesus is a willing prophet who comes not only to give us a sentence uh, of the goodness of God, but to give his life, to die for the Ninevites, to die for this wicked generation that he's speaking to. There is so much love here and so much acceptance of the heart of Christ that even you are accepted. Even I am accepted. Do you know who I am? Do you know the stuff that I have done? I certainly deserve none of this grace. But we are all wicked in some way and still we find Christ and we are all accepted within Christ. So that is the story of Jonah. This is what Jesus says. He says, I will give you a sign. The son of Jonah. That's the son I'm willing to give to this wicked generation. Let's move on quickly because we've plenty to read. Um, another scripture that I want us to look at is Matthew 20. So we're moving from chapter 16 to chapter 20. And you can read this for yourself because it's rather long. It's a long um, parable. It's called the parable of workers in the vineyard. And this is chapter 20 from verse 1 to 16. Let me summarize it for you. The gist of it is that uh, a man went out to the labor market. And in the labor market, there were people gathered looking for work. And he hired them at 9 o'clock and asked them to go and work in his field. He came back again at 10 o'clock, hired some more to go to his field. He came back again at 12 and there were still people looking for work. So he hired them and asked them to work in his field. Then at Three o'clock, he went back. There were still people gathered looking for work. And he hired them and asked them to work in his field. At 4.30, he went back. And he still found people while standing there waiting for someone to hire them. And he said, come on, come work for me. And it was 4.30, he hired the last man. And at about five o'clock, the end of day came. He promised everyone he had hired that he would pay them a dinerous. I don't know, that's kind of the currency of the time. I'm told that one denarius was the fair um, labor money to wage to give to somebody who was went for you. And if we go to the book of Leviticus, we know that God had asked people to pay the poor after every day because the poor could not work for a week before they get their wages. They would not survive otherwise. So he goes and pays one denarius to the last man who came at 4.30. And he pays one dinarius to the man who came at three, one dinarius to the man who came at, at 11. And finally, he paid one dinarius to the man who came at nine. And the man who came at nine was saying, no, this is unfair. This is unjust. How can you pay us the same amount as the man who came at 4.30? Jesus said, I have promised you 
a fair deal. And I've given you the wage that you deserved. Am I not at liberty to, give, to show grace to anyone whom I will? And in other words, it says that my generosity is promiscuous. It's for everybody. It's for the person who comes at 9 o'clock. It's for the person who comes at 4.30. My grace is just looking for people who I need to come into the kingdom. Anyone who's really need to come into this kingdom. That is what the church is about. Anyone is accepted. And anyone deserves the grace of God. The people who came were offended. Notice some patterns here. In the first scripture we read, the people in the synagogue, where people were seeking God, took Jesus to the brow of the cliff to throw him off because they were so offended with, the, with this idea that people like Naaman would be accepted. Jonah was so offended that he was willing to die than to see the Ninevites um, uh, included. Now we see these workers were poor themselves. They are offended and outraged by this grace that allows the person who comes at 4.30 to have the same grace as the person who comes at 9. You might think, I'm better off than others. Look, I'm a decent guy. I don't cheat on my wife. I don't hit my kids. I don't steal from anyone. I work hard. There is grace for you. But even the one who cheats on his wife, even the one who is violent, even the one who does drugs, there is grace for him. And that's outrageous. And if we truly understand the grace of God, the magnitude of this grace, we too can be offended because it's ridiculous. It's outrageous grace. It's so loving and so inclusive that even the, the ones we think don't deserve it are also included. Let's look at from it from a different perspective. But Jesus talked so much about this. Um, I could go on and on and on. But let me go to two more, two more scriptures at least. Then maybe we can close. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7 says this. And I'm reading from verse 9 to 12. Chapter 7. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you, then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Jesus is talking to his disciples. If you read chapter five, Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, he says his disciples came close to him. So he's talking to people like Peter, He's talking to people like the sons of thunder. He's talking to people whom we call apostles, people whom we call saints. These are saintly people. But what is he's, he's, he's discussing and teaching them, he says to them, and it points to Peter, I think, you, if you who are evil, if you, Peter, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, your father in heaven? I'm taking this part just to demonstrate to you that there is none better than the other. Even Peter, even the apostles, even the saints were considered evil by Jesus. We are no different. We are no better. Uh, if you go into the book of Psalm 53 verse 3, 14 verse 3, 
And if you go to Romans 3, verse 9 to 12, it says there, there is none righteous. There's no one righteous. Not even one. We are all in the same boat. We are all broken. Cute as you might look, you are broken in some way. And ugly as I might look, I'm also broken in a different way. So don't let my brokenness become a barrier of entry into the church of God. Because God has loved the weak. He has loved the broken. You have loved the ones that are undeserving and has afforded grace for them. In fact, they've died for all of us. So I'm challenging you today to think more deeply about your prejudgments. When you exclude people, who are you to exclude anyone? Let me read another, another, another part of the Sermon on the Mount. Chapter 5, verse 46 to 48. This is Jesus teaching his disciples. He says this. Um, 40, chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, verse 46 to 48. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing the same? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. The call to the church is to be without walls. The call to the church is to be perfect as our Father and to extend our grace to pagans, to extend our grace to tax collectors. He was called a, a friend of sinners, of prostitutes and tax collectors. So would you be part of the Jesus mission and think deeply about your neighbor and your neighbor really is the Samaritan person, is the person who is unacceptable to you. Think about that person. I don't know. You might have people, issues with people who are homeless. Maybe you need to reach out to one homeless person. When you go into the city center, make it a point to show grace, to show love. It's not about giving money all the time, but see the humanity, talk to them and show grace. You might, be, you might have issues with rowdy teenagers. Well, why don't you make a point to greet them, to show them grace, show them love and welcome. You might have issues with people of color, black, ethnic minorities. Why don't you make it a point to reach out specifically to those people? Because this is the mission of Christ. You might have people with different sexuality, maybe poor, homosexual, gay, lesbian. Why don't you make a point to befriend one or two and show them the grace of, of, of God? You might be prejudiced against people who are tall. Why don't you go out and reach out to the tall guys or the short guys? Whatever your prejudgments are, Jesus wants them crushed because he loves all of humanity. We are all made in the image of God. And each time you see a human being, you are seeing the image of a creator. You, therefore, if you honor God, have to honor them. Now, I wonder whether you are one of those people who stumbled across this um, message today. You didn't plan to come here, but you have listened to what I have to say. I want you to know that you're welcome. You're welcome into the community of believers. If you're not already a Christian, Christianity accepts all. You might have a different religion, 
that's not a barrier to coming into Christ. You might have issues in life that has maybe sometimes been labeled as uh, unchristian. Let me let you know that you are welcome into Christianity. And if you want to know this welcome and to know the God of this great love, God who has created all and has loved you, why don't you say a prayer with me? You can repeat my words and you say it with sincerity. You've accepted into God's people, into God's grace. So say these words if you want to come to Jesus today. Lord Jesus, I know that like all humanity, I am broken and I'm sinful. But I've heard today that you seek everyone, that there is no sin or level of brokenness that separates us from you. So I choose today to come into relationship with you and to be a follower of Jesus. Amen. If you've said that prayer, that very simple prayer for the first time, please do watch this to the end and email us on the email details that are coming up in a short while and make sure you connect with us. And if you are already a Christian, go on and do the works of Christ, which is accepting all. God bless you.